You are now listening to the legend of the nameless. We resume not in the Luluberry tree, but out on the road in the dark of night as a figure makes his way down a dusty, abandoned path. Balfour, give me a perception check. It's a nine. Hey. From the bushes near you to your left off the beaten path, you hear rustling. From here, you don't see anything in particular. I'm inquisitive, and I will hesitantly approach the bushes and kind of jab at them with my staff gently. As you do so, you hear, Psst! Down here. Ooh. I uh, immediately get on all fours and I'm looking in the ground. <laughs> As you search the ground, there is a tiny gallibary in the dirt. Hello. Well, hello to you, mister. I am Sir Leonard of the House Blue. Will you take me to my people so that I might also be eaten? instead of being left behind in the dirt to die. Well, I could eat you now. I suppose this would be acceptable. However, I would like to say my last goodbyes to my people. Okay. And he picks them up really gently and is like holding them in both hands. He's like, where do you... And I kind of look around and do I see anything? From here, you don't see anything. In the distance, there are lights. Um, but the berry in your hand wriggles around a little bit. You must simply follow the scent of the gala berries. You'll know it. Uh, give me a perception check with advantage. Eleven. Uh, 14, 15. You do get the sweet hint of galaberries, as if there is an invisible fishing rod somewhere trying to reel you toward um, a specific destination. Okay. Luckily, I, it uh, is straight down the path ahead of you. Well, then I follow the scent. You follow the scent for about five minutes until you come to a grand gnarled tree um, with a rather ornate door. It appears that whoever lives here is home. And you can see smoke coming out of an opening in the side of the tree. I knock on the front door. After a bit of shuffling, you hear the door open. Well, howdy. I hate to be a bother, but this berry, I kind of look at it like, what the fuck am I saying? This berry wanted me to bring him here to eat, I think. 
Yes, I am Sir Leonard of House Blue. I believe my people are here somewhere. I can smell them. I can feel them. Uh, you see this young half-elf with pink hair and cinnamon-colored skin look down at the berry, turn around, look back to her guests, and then turn back to you. Well, come on in. I guess we have room for one more. I take off my big witch hat and I step inside, dusting my feet off on the carpet. As you step inside, you see at the table there is a dryad, a centaur, a pale-skinned changeling, an eladrin, and you see an aracocra. And they're all staring at you wide-eyed. They have not begun eating yet, um, but before them you see stews and slices of galaberry pie. And as you get closer to the table, the galaberry that was in your hand launches itself on top of the pie. My people, I have come to say goodbye. I know we have had our differences between the sours and the sweets, and I know Last we left off, we were trying to, to decide the best way to wage war when we were hanging from branches of a bush. But no matter, it is extremely, extremely satisfying to know that you all came together in the end to be eaten, which is the greatest glory in the Society of Caliberis. I hope only that the one who eats me is as worthy as the one who eats all of you. Goodbye, my brothers and sisters. I will remember you. And then he rolls and falls off of the pie and just starts rolling across the table toward you. Toward me? Yes. I pick him up and I say, any more last words? Or gala. And I throw him in my mouth. And with that, you feel a sense of warmth overtake you and you gain inspiration. Anari passes by you and she gestures towards an extra seat at the table. Um, You see the dryad eye you curiously um, and Nari takes a seat. I bow and I take my seat at the table and look around at everybody and say, Nari. Are we, are we celebrating something? Well, actually, I was just asking our friends here what we should call them. Uh, I suppose we can start with you since you're our newest guest. Uh, what is your name? My name is, and then I stand up again, and I do a really deep bow that's like, almost a curtsy and I say Balfour and I awkwardly stand up again and then sit down and would you please describe your character Balfour is a tiefling um, with kind of grayish blue skin Um, his horns are stubby and small but they peek out from his long purple bangs Um, His hair is in a long braid that kind of falls around to his waist. And um, his tail isn't forked. It has, it's like a lion's tail. 
He's got uh, little white freckles on his face and ears. And he has generally like a childlike look to him. He's dressed all in black, kind of uh, in kind of black, fancy garb. That's absolutely wonderful. Nice. I love him so much. (laughs) Nari nods, and then you see Nari turn towards the centaur. Uh, you want my name? Well, yes, of course. Unless you prefer that I just call you friend. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I just look at every, everyone else uh, in the group. I'm going to pipe up a little bit awkwardly. We don't have them yet. You don't have names. Well, there have been stranger things in the Feywild. Oh, thank goodness. I suppose you could just make one up. I mean, who's going to stop you? I won't tell if you won't. God, I love Nari so much. Uh, okay, I'm gonna kind of shift back and forth in my seat a little. Um, sort of flutter my feathers. Uh, I'm looking down at my at my claws, my hands. So, like I'm kind of like playing around with a fork uh, well I think um, uh, uh, Rhea is that a good one I think that is a gorgeous and just name. relief crosses over my face <laughs> Well, who's up next? I think Koa is, in, is, or my character is looking to everyone else to take the initiative here. I guess the Aladrin will <laughs> cough and brush himself up, stand up and uh, say, Hanum, at your service, with a little bow and a flare of the hand. Is gonna applaud, but like really light little applause. <laughs> oh, well, that's a nice name, too. See, y'all are good at this. Just and like on chin scratching it. 
need some represent strength in some way. Ah, I got it. Yes, Estra. Bear with me with this one. Kestra? Did I get that right? Kestra? Uh, yeah. Kestra. Close enough. I think that's what I said. That is a lovely name, too. But that leaves one more person. And you see Nari turn towards Koa. Um, who is not yet Koa. Like, hesitates for a minute and eventually says you can call me Koa well so we have Balfour we have Rhea we have Hanum we have Koa and Kestra. And of course, you know I am Nori, Lulu Berry, and this is my lovely wife, Vela Lulu Berry. Uh, she doesn't talk a whole lot, but she's she's got a lot up there other than, you know, mean looks, I promise. Well, now that we have our introductions out, um, I have prepared a lovely stew, as well as a gallowberry pie. If you wouldn't mind, I would really like to hear y'all's story. I know there's something crazy going on, um, but please dig in. I'm like, I'm like very pointedly not making eye contact with anybody. Um, but my shoulders are sort of creeping up my neck. You know how, like, it's real slow. Uh, but I, like, I very much dig in because I'm like, oh, God. Well, do. And, yeah, I'm just going to take some stew and pie for myself and start eating. Southward daintily cuts a piece of pie and puts it on his plate and looks at, at uh, what's her name? The half uh, Nari? Nari. Nari? I yes. always eat dessert first. He was completely unsurprised. <laughs> Hanum's gonna look at uh, everybody eating, and he's just gonna bow his head and uh, bless the food. And um, then he's going to grab some for himself and uh, also start eating. Oh, I blessed, uh, so I blessed everybody. Oh, great. Nice. Nice. So before each of you sits a wooden bowl holding Nari's signature dish, Starlight Stew, with vegetables that sparkle and twinkle, releasing tantalizing scents. The meat is tender and seasoned to perfection, marinated in a velvety broth with soft undertones of rosemary and thyme. Uh, the gallowberry pie is a perfect end to the feast, 
The pastry is flaky and buttery, while the gala berries burst with a unique blend of sweet and tangy flavors, akin to wild strawberries and passion fruit. So as you all are eating, what are each of you feeling in this moment? And the comfort of this home? Guilt. Guilt. Mm-hmm. What do you feel guilt in regard to? Rhea feels like she should have seen this coming. Um, because she was warned, you know, by her God. And maybe if she'd said something, you know, maybe if she'd made the connection sooner, at least maybe more people would have gotten out with them. That's why she's not making eye contact with anybody. And, like, a bird's face is hard to read, but it's not hard to read when somebody is, like, making very strong eye contact with a plate. (laughs) Everyone else, give me an inside check. Oh, no. Uh, Rhea, give me a flat charisma check. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, 10. 11 minus 1. Well, (laughs) I would say that it's plainly obvious that something is wrong with Rhea. Um, she doesn't seem to be in the best headspace right now. I think Kala takes note of this because I imagine he's feeling somewhat similar, at least not guilt, but I imagine they're all feeling some type of way after what happened. And he picks up on this. He himself is kind of feeling very fearful and concerned for these people who are his friends or soon to be friends. And how does Kestra feel in this moment? Uh, I guess like relaxed and relieved that at least at least that the day comes into like ends and a nice conclusion uh, like definitely just trying to at the moment not think about anything else other than just the mm-hmm. house and the food And what of Hanum? Uh, Nari reminds him of the village elder a bit, so that's reassuring. But it's also making him thinking, like, think about the village elder, uh, you know, passing away at the hands of, uh, what was his name? Kelthriel? What was his name? 
Uh, last you guys saw, the elder was pulled into a burst of shadow as the nameless revealed herself. Um, so Kethriel would have been off a few feet away as his mother, as he called her, um, essentially ran full speed at the elder in a cloud of shadow. Certainly. But it's definitely been a long time since uh, Hanum has enjoyed a home-cooked meal, and the fruits of this land are fantastic. So he's really feeling that pie. And Belfour. Belfour. You. Yes. You, having been journeying around these lands for a little bit in search of more power, give me an Arcana check. I don't think in this moment you'd be thinking about anything in particular other than food. So I'd like to see if you sense what's around you. I got a 10. With a tin, this tree has essentially a heartbeat, and you can feel magic pulsing through the bark. It's as if everything inside the tree is also alive. So these wooden bowls, these cups, the cutlery, the table itself, it all feels like one living organism. Considering I just ate a speaking berry, I'm going to play it cool and be like, hmm, that's odd, but I guess this is what we're doing now. (laughs) Am I used, I live in the Feywild, am I used to talking berries? I would say that you would have heard stories of them, but that might have been your first encounter with the Galaberries. Okay. And I'm probably like, hmm, things must have larger lives over here in this part of the Feywild. I do feel like I just walked in, into a funeral a little bit, but uh, Nari seems nice and happy. <laughs> Balfour's kind of just politely eating his pie and like, looking at everybody. Yeah, so as Balfour is looking around, when Nari asks you all to share your story, does anybody feel comfortable speaking up? At this point, the last spoonfuls of Galaberry pie would be lingering um, in your mouths, and a deep stillness would have descended upon the Luluberry tree. It's just hard to talk about. It was real bad. Well, I think the first thing she said the entire meal. (laughs) You know, we we've been through some some tough times ourselves, actually, but there is definitely a benefit to having friends and sometimes talking about these things can help now I won't push any of you to share your stories um, 
but could you at least tell me how I can help you? You did seem a bit lost when I found you outside. Do you know anything about rune keepers? Rune keepers? I can't say that I do. What, do you know anything about it at all? Any details? Is that like a, a title or... We are kind of just given name and that was it. We don't really have any other information other than that. Well... It's possible that something in the library might have information on these rune keepers, but if it's there, I haven't read it. So, unfortunately, I'm not really sure. Could we use this library? Well, of course. Um, I was actually just going to wake up the luluberry tree, if you guys were comfortable staying the night. Um, as you can see, although the inside of the, the trees is nice and cozy and um, comfortable, it's not accommodating all of you. So uh, with your permission, of course, I would very much like to expand the tree. You don't have to stay here forever, of course. It's it would just be temporary unless, of course, you didn't want to leave, which I couldn't blame you, honestly. Uh, question. If uh, Kestra were to stand up, how close would her head be to the ceiling? You would be about 20 feet from the ceiling. Okay, so it's still a big tree. Yes. And there are winding stairways all over the place leading away from this uh, dining room. This is a massive tree on the interior. Cole will stay. Well, it's not like we have anywhere else to stay. So, if you don't mind keeping us for a little... All of you give me a insight check. 16. 14. 15. 12. Dirty, filthy 20. <laughs> so you see two things. You see first... Vela, who's been very quiet this entire meal, looks very uncomfortable with the idea of you all staying there for long periods of time or even temporarily. But as she looks over to Nari and sees within Nari the fact that she needs this, you see her soft. Um, if it helps. I'm sure we'll be willing to help out or at least... I am. Whatever you oh. need. Oh, yes, yes. I'd be happy to do work for you. Same here. Vela leans forward slightly. 
that will not be necessary. Nari, she does not like help. And especially in the case of guests, she will not allow you. She will literally tie you up with vines and have you watch her do the work in front of you. I've been there. You all may stay here as long as you wish. I ask only that you not do anything to bring harm upon the Luluberry tree, as I am very closely tied to it, let's say. Yeah, it is a good looking tree. And you all know um, from your readings as, as you were growing up on the island and um, in passing conversations that dryads are typically bound to a specific tree and they cannot move outside of a certain range of that tree or they could die. And if the tree dies, they could die. Yeah. So she is essentially the guardian of this tree. Well, um, the reason I asked for consent is because I planned on expanding the tree with your motivations and your interest in mind. And so I will need your help with the ritual if that's not too much trouble. Not at all. Sure, but I'm not too used to these rituals. Oh, stop. It's okay. I can teach you everything you need to do. It's real simple. Just a little, you know, incantation. Uh, You guys see Nari stand. She does a little spin in her emerald dress. And she holds out her hands to kind of form a ritual circle around the table. I'll grab her hand. Will do. Yes. Balfour, like, brushes his hands clean and then takes y'all's hands. Rhea is the last one to do it, but she she does, and she squeezes whoever's hands are on either side. She, like, squeezes them. She glows, and you see that the vines and leaves and flowers scattered in her hair and on her clothing start to grow, they bloom, they expand. She gently waves her hands in intricate patterns, weaving and coaxing shimmering iridescent symbols into existence, and they hover, dancing lazily in the air, like autumn leaves drifting in a slow-motion waltz. As Nari begins to chant under her breath, and the chanting grows more pronounced, the symbols begin to respond to her call, circling around her body and then all of you. And they start to trace around your heads, seemingly absorbing what they can from your thoughts. And the tree itself stirs as if waking from a deep slumber. There's a low groaning creak that echoes through its corridors as ancient bark and wood shift and reshape. The very heart of the luluberry tree pulses, its rhythm syncing with the deep thrum of Nari's incantation. And within moments, 
and an impossible transformation is underway. You guys hear and see branches retreating and expanding, leaves rearranging themselves into grand archways, and the roots of the tree shift, creating more space, hallways, and rooms. And with every arcane symbol that Nari conjures, the tree responds, molding and reshaping, echoing her every wish, echoing your every wish. It's as if the Luluberry tree and Nari speak in a silent language, and they have an intimate communion between spirit and nature. Eventually, the room settles, as does the tree, and Nari lets go. Well, I highly recommend y'all go up the stairs, or down the stairs in some cases, and find the rooms that the tree has laid out for you. I'm sure they'll be exactly what you need to see. Um, in the meantime, I, I think a good night's rest would, would do you well. So find your rooms, um, spend the night in whatever way you choose. Um, for now, this is your home too. So if you need anything, give me a holler. But um, until the morning, I guess, good night. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night, Miss Nari. Oh, you can just call me Nari. It's okay. I'm not, you don't have to call me Miss Nari. You do have to give me a good night hug, though, everybody. That is mandatory in this house. We don't just walk off, you know. Is this going to be like, ring it in? You see, Mar, uh, (laughs) you see, Nari uh, goes in for like a like a 30 to 50 second long hug for each person individually like there is no group hug it is just a 1v1 and then (laughs) the next person in line steps up a pvp hug (laughs) (laughs) Rhea I think it like holds on the entire time like and probably would keep holding on if uh Nari didn't like start to step away, you know. Um, but like, you know, when she when she does hugs, it's arms and wings, and so it, it like puts the both of them kind of in darkness for the duration. <laughs> now you see the vines on the floor beneath you also wrap around you as an extra barrier of hugging um, around your wings. As each of you let go and continue on into the reaches of the Luluberry tree, Nari does whisper, may we meet again to each of you as a bit of a goodbye. Could all of you give me a perception check? Not 20. Sweet. On a... Oh, you guys are rolling well for this. Uh, 13. Got a 12. Your your rolls are doing crazy things right now. (laughs) It's like a range of 9 to 12. (laughs) Um, You all remember I said that the roots had moved to make room um, for more 
chambers within the tree. Well, when the tree awoke and those roots moved, what you all noticed is that the tree actually stood up on its roots and has since started walking through the forest. Hills. My goodness. Howl's moving tree for oh. Let's go. But you are all free to explore the tree and find your respective rooms. Yeah, Hannah's going to get right on that. Yeah. Hey, um, everyone roll initiative. We'll just go in order. Oh. I shit you not. That's another nat 20. Jesus. Damn. You got a five. <laughs> 16. Uh, so, Hanum, as you wander through the halls, you are welcomed into a vast study. The shelves are lined with ancient tomes and artifacts spanning realms and ages. One particular stone as you enter catches your eye, but this is essentially a library. I'm extremely excited. Do I notice anything uh, you like that do? jumps out at me on the shelves? Not on the shelves. Um, there is, however, on the desk in this library, a large black stone. And that does appear to be something out of the ordinary. I'm going to walk up and uh, inspect it. <clears throat> Do you want to inspect it visually uh, or physically? Magically first. Okay. Uh, give me an arcana check. 14. Okay. This is a enchanted stone, although with the 14, it's not really clear what purpose it has. It definitely doesn't feel like it has any sort of malice attached to it. Yeah, then I'm going to go up and physically and visually inspect it. Okay. As you touch it, the library goes completely silent. Like there is no sound from any of your movements. Your touch activated the stone and it silenced the library. Oh dear. In this in this silence, where since you can only hear your thoughts, where do your thoughts drift to? Uh Adam's thoughts drift toward his father. And he starts wondering if it uh if things had to go the way that they had to. And if his pursuit of knowledge was worth it. And do you deactivate the stone or would you like to continue exploring in silence? Uh, he's going to definitely continue uh, exploring these emotions and uh, thoughts. Hey. Give me a perception check as you walk through and sit down in various areas, getting used to the study. 
Mm-hmm. Was that a four? Correct. With a four, what you don't see is that behind one of these bookshelves is a hidden chamber. And resting against the inner wall of this chamber is a rapier in its sheath covered in vines, a journal that appears to be wrapped in leaves, and a sketched image of Vela, Nari, and a little baby girl. And they sit in that chamber in hiding. And that is what you don't see. Oof. Some secrets aren't meant to be learned about. Are there any particular books that you would be looking for um, while you're in the library? Since you had mentioned, um, perhaps you could learn something if there was a book in the library on the Rune Keepers. Certainly. Um, He's going to be looking for anything authored by his father or anything pertaining to the Shadowfell. Go ahead and give me an investigation check. Six. You find some generic books on the Shadowfell. And you don't find anything written specifically by your father. Now, what is your passive investigation? Passive investigation... Um, 10. Okay, so you would get basic information from these books as you study through them. Um, This is stuff that you would already have known through your father's research, like the dangers of the Shadowfell, the fact that there are occasionally thin veils between the material plane and the Shadowfell. And there have even been rumors of a veil that would lead from the Feywild to the Shadowfell, which should not happen and is a very dangerous occurrence. And this is called a Celestial Convergence, where all three realms are practically one. And you could quite literally open a door and walk through it and end up on a different plane just because of how close the planes are aligned during these time periods. You don't find anything on Rune Keepers specifically, and there's no record of your father's expedition. Duly noted. However, you may add a Book of the Shadowfell 
into your inventory. And whenever there's something in relation to that that you have to make a check on, you can do that with advantage. Sweet. Well, well, well. Things are starting to come together, Hannah. Got yourself a name, got yourself a bedroom. I love the smell of dusty books. He's going to probably pass out shortly after reading. On the spot. Yeah. As you walk up the steps leading to the upper level of the Luluberry tree, you discover an ethereal observatory. As you step in, the canopy of leaves overhead replicates a shimmering night sky, allowing faint starry light to cascade down. In the center stands a telescope of bark and leaf, and nearby there are shelves with various ores and unfamiliar metals. It's definitely unexpected. Um, and I think what she's going to do first is she's definitely interested in the, in the ores, but the idea of a telescope, I don't know if they had them in the demiplane. Um, so I think that's going to be her first focus is going over, seeing how it works, uh, and then looking through the, uh, I don't, I don't remember what it's called. The, the, the mouth, the spout, the part where you look in, the eyepiece. <laughs> As you use the telescope and you look up into the night sky, you see stars that dance in the darkness above. The constellations of the Feywild are about as chaotic as the magic within the realm itself. So you see anything from pixies to unicorns flying through the night sky in the distance. There's bodies of brilliantly shining light. And from here you see multiple moons, almost as if there was a moon for each mood pick and choose which one your favorite is, but the night sky is mesmerizing. And it also appears to be moving quite rapidly. So as you take a few minutes to study it, it continuously warps and changes. So that there's always something new to focus on. Oh man. Yeah, it's fascinating. The 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 sky in the in the demiplane was always so static, just like everything else was. Uh, and so this kind of it's it, it feels like sort of controlled chaos, kind of where nothing in particular is controlling it, but that it doesn't feel like danger. Does that make sense? Or it's chaotic, but yes. like you're gonna be fine. Right. Um 
and she does wish that it would hold still long enough for her to be able to mark the stars down. But also, you know, she knows it would be outdated within a moment. <laughs> so I think mostly she's content to watch. Um, As you just, think that, from above, a leaf does fall onto your head. And then another. And another. And another. And another. And as you pick up these leaves, you see that they have tiny holes in them that resemble the constellations at various points in time as you're looking through the telescope. Oh, that's delightful. When she notices them, when she like realizes what's happening, uh, she's going to want to put them together safely somehow. I don't know that she has a, like, she doesn't have a binder, but, um, she can stack them sort of carefully and, and neatly. As you stack the leaves again, out of the corner of your eyes, the metal and ores shine and catch your attention. Yeah, once once the leaves are, are sort of you know put put together and and sort of organized in a in a nice way, um, I'm going to approach the shelves and just kind of let because there's so much of it, uh, just sort of let my eyes cross the whole all of them, and then. As, as individual ones catch my attention, then I'll focus on those and maybe reach out, pick them up, kind of test them. So you look through the shelves and you see obsidian, uh, you see iron, you see silver, gold. But what stands out the most to you is an unfamiliar rock of sorts it's mm-hmm. a dark meteorite Ooh. yeah I'm gonna pick that one up and kind of turn it over in my hands um, how big is it about the size of a small melon okay you can't see that I'm like in my in front of me I'm kind of like making a making a shape with my hands. Um, I'm doing the same thing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, how big a cantaloupe is this? Um <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm pretty captivated by this one. Um And I I kind of I kind of wish that I could do something with it. Cause, like all of my tools, all of my um, my carving, all my sculptor's tools disappeared along with the demiplane, um, which is a shame because it's something she would do to kind of calm herself a little bit. Something to do with the hands that was a creative uh, act, you know. Where, like, if you're unsettled and you, like, knit a sock, you can put the sock on, and you're like, okay, 
<laughs> I was freaked out, but now I have a sock. You know, um, there were there, there were always a lot of like partially carved rocks in her temple. You know that she would start on, decide that the stone that there was nothing in the stone, and then put aside. You know. Which is how she relates to her sculpting is she's um, she's showing what it's supposed to look like. As you envision what you would do with the meteorite if you had your tool set, you hear a slight creaking as the branches on the wall nearby seemingly reach for the meteorite. What do you do? Um, I will look from the branches to the meteor in my hand, and I will hand it over based on the observation that it seems to be giving them what they want. And so it's probably not going to take it away. <laughs> The branches wrap around the meteorite and then lower it to the ground and they naturally separate, leaving a rather long handle of luluberry bark in the form of what is now a meteorite hammer. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna smile. I'm gonna pat the, the wall of the tree and say sort of a quiet thank you. Um, because, you know, it, it broke off part of itself. Um, and I'm gonna, uh, heft the hammer uh, test its weight, you know, see sort of, just sort of turn it over my hand, see how it feels. It's a very comfortable weight. It swings like a dream. Um, as you hold it, you feel your reliquary kind of pulse gently as if it's giving you some sort of approval. It's so much calm. It's so much more like it's, it's everything about this situation is putting her mind at ease. And she does want to explain herself to the others tomorrow. Um, but she is less embarrassed to do so now. And as you think about tomorrow, you do notice that there is a hammock set up in the observatory that would be right below the starlit ceiling of leaves. Yeah, I think I'm going to have pretty decent, pretty decent rest, surprisingly. And with that, we will cut over to Balfour. 
Balfour, as you descend into the lower levels of this tree, you find a broom closet. Okay. Huh. Is there anything in the broom closet? Is there brooms? When you open that door, you're surprised to see that on the other side, there is a massive workshop full of various arcane artifacts and smells, ingredients. It's, it's like you're walking into a shop of oddities. Oh, perfect. Balfour's tail's gonna start twitching and he kind of like trots in and like wants to touch everything. As you walk around touching everything, what do you think goes through your mind as you're in this unfamiliar tree and you now seem to be in an even more unusual Well, this turned area. out all right. I mean, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into showing me all this cool stuff. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, even though the, it's probably my room. <laughs> Give me an investigation check. 22. You're doing good. With a 22, out of everything in here, the one thing that catches your eye is a small handheld mirror that's rested on oh. some scrolls. Well, he's going to take a look at that and admire himself. As you look at yourself in the mirror, you see that the reflection of the mirror is not this plane. It's showing you the ethereal plane. So you see your spirit, essentially, in the reflection. Oh. What does my spirit look like? What does your spirit look like? Um... Gosh, uh, something, uh, okay, imagine it's raining. The rain is hitting on the, like, surface of where his body would be. It's not altogether there, but there's something there. It's almost like an absence of something that should be there. with like water pouring over 
a figure that isn't isn't there. See. That's very disappointing for him. Well, <laughs> it is. Well, there are many books, and there are many artifacts here, most of which are way too advanced oh, for yeah. you to understand them. Um, as you were walking around touching various things, a lot of the conditions that would have been applied to you were then counteracted by something else that you touched. So you got very lucky. Um, there is a a bed in a little side corner of this workshop. It's a bed that hangs from the ceiling and sways side to side gently. Balfour is going to crawl up into it and he pulls out his spell book and he starts writing down everything that just happened and his thoughts on what is going on because he doesn't know quite what a spell book is for so he's just using it as a diary <laughs> as you write in your spell book there are dimly lit runes on the wall behind you giving you a nightlight Balfour is excited but he's also very tired and he's glad to have a bed tonight. With that, we will cut over elsewhere in the tree. Ooh. Oh. Yes. You come to a door that seemingly calls to you. Um, okay, Koa walks up to it and goes to open it. As you open the door, before you is a massive forest. You see, in this forest, it is midday, and there is an abundance of green flora, flowers, and creatures. Um, I think I'll waste no time getting lost in this forest. Give me a survival check with advantage. With a 24, you hear whimpers through the bushes around one of the various bends in the forest. There is an animal of some sort crying out in pain. Oh, um... That definitely catches his attention. He's a little concerned, so he kind of hesitantly walks off in that direction.
As you do so, you see what looks to be a group of young unicorns crowded around a much smaller unicorn. They appear to be poking this smaller unicorn with their horns. It does not feel like a friendly game. Um, seeing this, he's definitely going to take a more forward approach. Um, do they notice him at all as he walks up? They are preoccupied. They do not notice you. Okay. Um... I guess he'd call out, just say, like, hey, that's not nice. Uh, give me an intimidation check with advantage. Right. you. The unicorns look back to you, and they are far too young to up a fight against something more humanoid or mature like yourself and they scamper off into the bushes is the smaller one still there yes Um, laying on its side uh, you see a you see a A unicorn with a dark black mane that has silver ends and it has a velvety smooth dark complexion across its body. Its eyes are golden and light and it looks up at you weakly. It appears that it doesn't have any grievous wounds but it does have bruises on its side. And you would know that it was likely being teased because of how different and unusual its appearance is. Hmm. Ella is going to immediately walk up to it. Um, and he's going to sit down next to it. And put a hand on it. If it allows. It does not shy away, being that you helped it. I think he's just going to spend some time with it. Eventually, as you and the dusk unicorn lean up against a tree, it falls asleep in your lap. Aww. So much. Amazing. I'm so happy. This is so cute. Um... That being, or with it falling asleep, he can't really do much as much as he would like to explore this forest that was basically built for him. Um, 
That being said, he's very curious, so I think after it falls asleep, he's going to wait a little bit and then slowly try to uh, get up without waking it up. You do so with ease. What do you think in this moment you would be looking for? Um, just, well, he's tired, so I think just a quiet place where he can be with his thoughts and rest. Eventually you wander not far from the hole, and you see there is a bed that is deeply obscured by the bushes of this forest. The bed is in the middle of a circle of mushrooms, which typically are used for teleportation within the Feywild. However, it's stationary. It doesn't appear to be moving. Um, but can I know this? I assume. What is your... Give me a history check. Okay. That's a nat 20. Oh, nice. (laughs) You would know this, and with a nat 20, you would know that these are modified in that this isn't a standard teleportation circle. Okay. Um, It's not a... It's not designed for any foul purpose either. Nice. This definitely attracts his attention. Um, being as curious as he is, I think he's just going to walk right into it. You walk in and for the first time, for as long as you can remember, as you're in this circle, you cannot hear the whispers of Neveth. realizes this pretty fast and he really just melts into this bed finally being away from Naveth and you lay in this bed in the quiet and you feel no magic in your body being that you are disconnected from your patron inside this circle. However, eventually, the foal from earlier does seem to find you again, and it climbs into bed while you are asleep. Oh my god. And with that, we're going to move over to Kestra.
Esra, you enter a sunlit dojo. On the ceiling above you, and this is about 15 feet taller than you are, there are pink cherry blossoms gently suspended in the air, blowing through the air. This is a very serene training ground, and you see several sets of armors that turn toward you and each pick up a weapon, awaiting your command. They appear to be constructed from the tree's bark itself. And within this dojo, you see there are similar training uh, routine setups as when you were on the Nameless Isle training. And there are various racks of tools and weapons that you're very familiar with. And there are targets for archery. Um, there's even a large area for gymnastics. Definitely, like, Esther's definitely just in awe and amazement at just the thought that something she does not really know anything about magic can do something like this. And she's just exploring what this room has to offer and just thinking of different training routines and all the opportunities to get stronger just by all the options in this room. As you think stronger, get stronger, one of the armors takes a step forward and hands you, or attempts to hand you, a quarterstaff. Uh, I'll grab it. It then takes a combative pose in defense. Make a melee attack for me. And uh, with the ten, you go to take a swipe of the quarterstaff, and the armor ducks. And as you do so, one of the other armors walks up to you and puts its hands on your arm, guiding you through the motions of a more accurate strike. Make that melee attack one more time with advantage. Uh, so roll twice then? Yes. All right. And then you'll take the higher one. Yeah. Uh, 21. With a 21, you land a solid okay. blow on the shoulder of this animated armor and the armor does a slight bow it turns it walks over to a table and you see now that this table is full of manuals and books and documents and it comes back with a history book give me an investigation check uh, that's a 13 with a 13 what you get is that this is a book that tells stories of heroes of legends past and their fighting styles. Immediately starts reading through it.
so as we said you found a section of the book that mentions the term rune keeper i need everyone else to make a wisdom saving throw Oh my god, there's no way. I just not one. 15. 18. As Kestra reads the book, those of you who got a save result of less than 15, you see a vision of exactly what Kestra is about to read. So this book, Kestra, it speaks of a great battle between what is known as the Rune Keepers and an ancient Archfey Queen. And it tells you that these rune keepers stole the queen's power by separating her name into rune stones, which imbued each of them with an insane level of strength. And now each of these rune keepers and each of their respective rune stones carried with them a very specific aspect of the queen. You see, there is a warrior of justice, one of vision, one of strength, one of compassion, one of wisdom, and one of courage. Now, curiously enough, this book does not name any of the rune keepers, nor does it name the queen as if they've been struck from history. You see, amongst the pages, an opalescent harp with strings made of light. You see a seed of stone and a chalice of petrified wood. You see a sunstone pendulum swinging over a crystal prism. There is a sword forged from a dragon scale. There is a small, obsidian-colored mirror. And then there is a wooden trumpet that appears to be underneath a storm. Now at the end of this section that talks of these great, powerful warriors, there is a prophecy. It says, When assembled in hands so true, the artifacts will offer a clue to where the guardians withdrew, revealing their sanctuary hidden from view. But beware, for the journey's fraught 
with challenges, danger, battles fought. Only by proving their worth as aught will seekers find the rune keepers sought. And with that, the book slams shut and there is a wave of magic that ripples through the tree and all of your dreams return to normal. Jeez. So I sleep real soundly. <laughs> I didn't know reading gets so intense. Uh, at that point, after <laughs> experiencing that, I'm definitely surprised, uh, Kestrel put the uh, fuck down where the armored warrior picked it up from. Hey. Now, you see a, a cot on the ground. And it's very similar to the one you used to sleep on when you're on the Nameless Isle, with the exception being that it is covered in the cherry blossom leaves, um, or excuse me, the cherry blossoms themselves. And it looks nice and cozy, and the room smells now of lavender and vanilla. Yeah, uh, after this exhausting and very heavy day. Uh, Kestra will walk over to the cot, place her maul down right next to right next to all the cherry blossoms then I'll lay down and just slowly start to go to sleep. this point you all are asleep you all wake up to the smell of unfamiliar food though some of you are in what you could consider to be pocket dimensions or far away from the dining room in the kitchen the scents waft through the tree naturally and shake you awake Uh, real, real quick, nothing too big. Uh, I feel like place was Kestra. She would be in like schedule where she would probably wake up earlier, uh, start training. Okay, as you've been training for couple of hours and there's sweat um, accumulated on your forehead and the armor around you looks quite beaten you start to smell and hear commotion in the kitchen
was not what I'm doing and head to the kitchen. does Balfour do when he wakes up? Thank you. <laughs> he wakes up and uh, he takes his time getting up, you know, wiping the sleepies out of his eyes. He suddenly remembers he of this, this amazing room he kind of forgot as he woke up and he's like oh yeah I'm in this amazing room and he gets excited for a moment to go play with all of his new toys but then he smells what's cooking in the kitchen and he trots over to see what it is and what of Hannah um Similar to Balfour, when uh, Hanum jolts awake, he's startled at first because he's in an unfamiliar setting, but then the uh, realization sort of sets in. And uh, groggily sits up and he looks around and um, the room probably looks much different to him this morning because he was severely underslept and uh, he knows that he didn't really get a chance to look at anything the way that he wanted to. So he's going to... Uh, crack his neck stand up and uh he, he smells what's cooking but he's not gonna let his stomach get the best of his curiosity just yet he's going to uh probably take one look around the room like a more detailed look now that he's well rested he smells what the tree is cooking <laughs> mm-hmm. right, give me an investigation check with advantage Ooh, an eight and a three. The room looks quite similar to how it did yesterday. Um, But you do notice tracks on the ground, as if bookshelves have been moved around in the room. Wonder what that's about. He's probably not going to have the wherewithal at the moment to realize that he could probably move it too. He might just think someone was redecorating. So he's probably going to head on down to the kitchen for now. Koa, as you wake up next to the foal, uh, the dusk unicorn foal, what do you do? Um, I think Koa wakes up and there's no real sense of like urgency he's kind of just like content to lay here for a little bit basking in this um but eventually he does get up and as the smell kind of hits his nose he's curious of course so he begins to try to find his way out of the forest Uh, what is your passive perception? Uh, 15, uh, 13. 
Okay, I'm gonna roll a stealth check. Huh? It's a nat 20. Okay. Oh. Carry on. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eventually you get to the door and you open it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Um, now the smell of whatever's being cooked right now, presumably by Nari, is smacking you in the face. Mm. Yeah, he's going to go right downstairs, I assume. Yep. So... You all convene in the dining room. And you see Nari slaving over the stove. She's throwing together dewdrop toast. There's sunlit eggs, moonberry pancakes. There's granola, some Dawn Mist tea, and some sparkling nectar juice. Um, most of which has already been moved to the table. Um, she grabs one last bowl of food, though, and as she turns and sees all of you and approaches the table, she pauses for a moment, and you see her and Vela stare at Koa rather quizzically. Well, it feels like he's forgetting something. And he kind of his head as they look at him. Uh, make a new friend, did we? Can he? <laughs> you look you behind <laughs> you, and the unicorn is literally just a step behind you. Like a baby dog. Oh. That's so cute. <laughs> oh. I guess so. I met this little guy in the woods. Well, it is tradition that we give ourselves names. Um, I don't think this young one can name themselves. Um, so that falls upon you. Right. I didn't think this far ahead. I'm sure something will come to me, he says. just deciding to sit on it for a little bit. Because Nari nods. Nari nods and she gestures everybody towards the table to take seats. And you can feel that the tree, the luluberry tree, has stopped moving. Um, you're not sure how recently, but it is not currently walking around. Rhea comes to the table last um, and it's pretty clear why she's still very ruffled from sleep not in a stressed out way just in like a oh I have feathers and when I sleep on them they get all out of place <laughs> and so when she shows up she's still kind of putting her whole like body back together you know like putting her, her feathers back in order on her face you know that kind of thing so she's been doing that for a little bit and it's why she's late Balfour is definitely the first to whip himself up a plate 
He's like ravenous this morning. But he's please. only going for the sweet things. <laughs> please, please help yourselves. I'm definitely gonna. Uh, now I'm sure y'all noticed that the house has been moving. Um, I figured y'all could probably use the help of someone in Fall Bell, considering I don't really know anything about anything you were asking about. Um, so I had the tree move us closer to the uh, city. Hopefully that's okay. That reminds me. Did anyone else get that vision? Mm. There's a vision? Uh, no, but I read a pretty cool book. It, it contained... Uh, what was it again? The Rune Keepers? Yes. That's what my dream was about. Oh, well, I haven't. Well, it's a little hard to make sense of it all, but I assume it was a clue, maybe. Unfortunately, I don't know much else. Bob pulls out his spell book and reads out loud the prophecy that I can't recall the exact wording of. I actually have it written down. Oh, thank you. Well, most of it, I kind of got like word jumbling or word jumbled, but. So as you all are discussing this vision or dream, um, you can see that Nari and Vela have no idea what you're talking about. They are not familiar with this at all. Um, but she nods energetically anyway. Well, uh, I'm sure now that we're at Fall Bell, or close to it at least, I can't just walk our house into the city. But I'm sure once you head on in, you could find a historian or someone. Falbell has all, all kinds of mages and scholars. Ooh. It'd certainly be interesting. Never been into this city? Or what is the place? To be exact. Falbell is a magic city um, it doesn't really follow the laws of physics but what really does in the Feywild you know it's got spires that twist skyward and they merge into ancient trees whose trunks and branches have been molded into buildings kind of like the luluberry tree it's got a very elegant sense of architecture there's lots of glowing lanterns that just float through the city. They're infused with some sort of bioluminescent fungi. But yeah, Fallbell's got uh, a long-standing history in the Feywild. Um, 
back when the Great Fey Wars happened, this is where everyone came together for the uh, peace treaty. I think. Wars? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no! I just Rhea's just asking. Like, I don't know that they'd ever heard anything like that in their demi plane. So she's just like wars, asking for clarification. Well, they call it the Great Fey Wars, but most people who can recall it. They, they would say that's not like a singular conflict, but more a series of skirmishes and battles and campaigns. It spanned a few decades. It was a time when the delicate balance of the Feywild was threatened um, and certain alliances came to fruition. Um, but the Seelie and the Unseelie courts, I don't know if y'all are familiar, um, they were united under one empress, but there is a lot of betrayals and backstabbing, you know, how they are. And it led to a split. Um, and that dominoed into a whole lot of fighting between the two courts. But eventually, during the celestial convergence, and you see she kind of chokes up as she says that. And Vela moves a hand and, and puts it on her arm. During the uh, Celestial Convergence, that was when everyone came together um, and decided to make peace. And there was a, a great big Grand Harmony spell that was supposed to prevent any sort of future conflict of the same nature. Can I make an insight check on Nari? Sure. Um, you can do it with advantage. Um, okay. The unicorn is going to give you the help action. Nice. I got a dirty 20. Uh, with a dirty 20, it is very obvious that something long-lasting happened during the convergence that specifically affected Nari. And based off of the reaction of Vela... This is something that they're both aware of. Um, and just saying Celestial Convergence almost choked up Nari. Um, tempted though he is to ask about it, I think he's getting the feeling that he probably shouldn't. So he's going to just listen. Well, aside from the dreams and visions, um, how did y'all like your new rooms? Mine is very interesting. Looks like, uh, did someone have that room before me? I just have to ask, because it looks like uh, there's been some redecorating done. Oh, well, most of the places you've experienced so far have been in, in use at one point or another. You know, I might look young, but we've been in this tree for quite some time. 
we've had several visitors <clears throat> pass through. Um, Whoever was had quite the book collection. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me an insight check. Nine. You see that Vela definitely moves to look toward you, but you can't really garner anything from that look. Okay. Oh, well, in my case, room's amazing. I so many things that I never actually thought I can use to train. I never seen ceiling is covered in pink leaves the walls just uh, armored warriors I can actually go full out on without having to work I worry about hurting anyone all the manuscripts wow I don't know what to say sleep I've gotten in a while. Uh, my room gave me a, a and she uh, has the, the meteor hammer with her and she sort of pulls it up and uh, is like, yeah, my, my room gave me a, a hammer. Whoa. What? Hannah is jealous. He's like, my room just had books. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool, right? I think it's a meteorite. Right, I think it came from outer space. The, uh, okay. It's like, oh, is it fine if I can... Just... Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll nod and hand just, it over. I'll grab it and just... Turn it, just look at it. Start just like waving it around. This is very surprisingly light. To be honest. Is it, it's, a, it's a lot like your mall. Yeah, but, but I get I well, a little bit, you know. Just smaller and much lighter. Drugs. I guess my room was okay. <laughs> he does. He like is like keeping it a secret how awesome it is. He doesn't want anyone to go poking around. <laughs> I'll hand the hammer back. I got to see the stars of, you know, the stars out here move and things. The stars back in the back home never really did, and stars so move. it was it was pretty amazing. At least they did in my room. Nah, I don't know if you guys could see the sky. Ink. Leaves. It was pretty cool. I, I you know. I wonder if it goes in, going to I all your it. guys' rooms. I want to see what was in there. I'm very curious. Don't get lost <laughs> in mine. It's yours. 
Wait. It's a forest. A whole forest? A whole forest. I want to see. With unicorns yeah. in it, it seems. <laughs> Just a little unicorn. Very cute. The unicorn is very adorable. I agree. I have to decide on a name for it. I could barely decide on a name for myself. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe you can. Uh, I'm gonna crouch down close to the unicorn. Maybe just go something based on its features. Kneel down next to the unicorn to you, and he says, Ebony, do you like that? And he's talking to the unicorn. Uh, through a rudimentary version of telepathy, you get the sense of approval from this unicorn. It is. It makes sense. Great name. Thank you. Did you even start eating it? Oh, Balfour's eating. Hannah is definitely scarfing down food. He wants to go, uh, he wants to go see if a unicorn yeah, is in his do room. do the same thing after training for a couple hours as well. Rhea is eating slowly, which is like, and she's doing it deliberately. Um, because she's kind of working up courage to tell people stuff. I think now that the unicorn problem is out of the way, with a name problem, uh, Koa is going to start eating. Okay, I think partway through, Rhea's going to take a, a real deep breath and just kind of say very quickly that I'm sorry I didn't see it coming. And then kind of like pull her shoulders up. And when she pulls her shoulders up in that like nervous way, her wings go with them. And so uh, I guess any any emoting she does with her arms get kind of mirrored with her wings, um, which is very cute. 
in my opinion. <laughs> um, my my God warned me of a plague that was coming, but because it came in the form of a man, I didn't realize until it was too late that that's what I was looking at. And I should have realized sooner. Well, I don't think any of us saw it coming, so you can't blame yourself. It's unfortunate, but... I just wish that, you know, we hadn't... I wish it wasn't, hadn't just been us to get out. So, like, that's the source of the, you know, the look on her face the night before. I think it's pretty obvious that, uh, that that's what that was. I'm worried about those we left behind, but we have a purpose. Yeah, maybe we can, maybe they can be okay if we get this right. It's always good to hold on to hope, no matter the situation. I'm sure that most, if not everyone, back there is find or found a way to escape. I hope so. You know, my mentor did. He's too old to die at this point. Which is very odd to say, but <laughs> knowing him for so long. He's I know what you definitely mean. Definitely gonna die. Yeah. Don't blame yourself on this. There's no way for you to know. Always hold on to hope. Balfour looks around the table and like stuffs his face with pancakes and like kind of it looks like he's kind of pouting. But he doesn't say anything. Because I don't think they explained what the deal was. They just no. asked about the rune keepers and then went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happened. We were on... Um, it, it wasn't a prison for us, but it was cut off from the rest of the... from the rest of everything else. And it locked up a, a powerful I witch uh, fair I don't know quite what she was and you were born there but yeah I mean yeah, we I have all to were I'll be right back I gotta oh, let my dog out really quick okay oh yeah you. I forgot you'd come out of eggs <laughs> it's like to be honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't put much thought into things that are like readily in front of me. I forget that you don't. <laughs> yeah. 
my parents, I think, uh, you know, me and my siblings, they still have pieces of our shells, which I assume they, they keep sort of like, parents will sometimes keep like the first baby tooth that a, a, a person loses. I feel like they save like a little chip. That's kind of oh, cute. That's cool. I don't have anything like that, but if it's, in, if it's interesting enough, uh, centaurs, when they're born, usually... It's like horses just kind of up and walk. At least it's not like giraffes where <laughs> you have to fall. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, the when whoever it was, whenever she was released. Somebody fell into the demiplane from outside, and he released. They destroyed the island, and our town elder was able to get us out, but not herself or anybody else. So we're kind of the the last, maybe from that from that place. And you guys had no idea that the rest of us were out here walking around? Mm, no. No, we weren't allowed to leave home. I didn't even know we there was. Well, I knew there was more. I just didn't know we could actually leave. And I I suppose if we had tried, we would have just come around the other side. I don't know that we could have left without magic. Yeah. And for most cases, we didn't really have a reason to leave until probably recently, other than, you know, the whole event. Falfor's mulling it all over his head. He seems kind of deep in thought about something. And saying it out loud, it does sound pretty wild. Oh, it's not that wild. <laughs> to say it just just plainly like that I mean I don't know talking berries is not is kind of wild to me what is the Feywild <laughs> that's true yeah being able to just talk openly I think is is helping her a lot and I think she sees that on their face too that being able to talk about it is helpful worried about those we left behind, but there's so much to explore. Maybe we'll be able to show them when we're so. done. When everything is okay again. Well, I just know it. I'm just wondering when my mentor is going to come back. We'd show up out of the... <laughs> I mean... He would. He was one of the greatest heroes of our, of our isle. I bet he got out. 
definitely got out. And there's a part of her that means it. There's a part of it who's part of her that's being nice, but like the the reassurance that uh, she was given has kind of kindled that maybe naive hope. You know, like, oh, I bet it is okay. Trust me, if my mentor got out, he definitely brought everyone with him. He's not going to just sit down and just let everything go to hell without helping. Well, you're the vanguard. And so was he. Yeah. And you, you're, you're vanguarding us. I, I, I guess I am. We're a very magic forward party. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's something I noticed while looking onto the campa- campaign page. Everyone is like, everyone is a magic user. <laughs> I am the only call because we're gonna all be hiding behind you. Literally, everyone's a magic user except me. My God, it's also wild that. Just another thing that's interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, Kestra, because she has the feature of, what was it? Green build. She can carry, push, and lift to a thousand and eighty pounds comfortably. Oh my god. So I get we all have a mount if we can st- if we can balance. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. Literally can most likely carry all of you. If I go into like Totem Warrior and you choose Bear at level six, that also gets doubled. My carrying capacity <laughs> would go to the carry carrying capacity would go to a thousand eighty, and my push dragon lift goes to two two thousand one hundred and sixty. Holy crap. It's wild having... That's so wild. I feel like if, if I ever get to the point where I'm gonna, like, double class, I've actually thought about dual classing, uh, I might go for Paladin. So then I can also be up front. But then, like, throw little heels around. But I haven't... We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Definitely something, something to think about. I'm probably just gonna stay Do with Do we want to go into the, the city? It's a good one. Or are we waiting? Oh yeah. Uh, I assume we're all done at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like the best decision. That seems like the best next step. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have anything that you want to do here, I guess? Other than wanting to look in everyone's rooms, I, I assume that can wait. Um, I want to have Koa walk up to Nari. 
Um, if she's not preoccupied or anything, he's just gonna say, thank you for taking us in. Well, I wouldn't be a real nice elf if I didn't (laughs) open the tree to friends, you know, I... Normally, we would probably take a little bit more time to get to know people before they come in, but you all seem nice. Thank you. I'm very grateful. I don't know that we really needed somebody in that in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that it was you. It did really help us. Well, it wasn't just me, you know. I I have a very delicate touch when it comes to my druid craft, but a lot of this here tree is it's very closely connected to Vela. Yeah, Vela doesn't seem like she is very touchy, like touchy-feely. So, um, Rhea's just gonna nod and and face her, and she's gonna bow her head a little bit uh, and be like, I'm very grateful to you opening your home to us. It gives thumbs up right behind and do it towards Vela. I like your Warhammer. It looks very effective. I hope so. I hope I don't have to hit too many people with it. You don't know, maybe it's fun. I don't know. I, it might be a me thing. No, with you, it's fine. <laughs> if if it does come to that, I am glad that I have it. Oh, um. I also want Koa to reach into his bag and he pulls out a lily. Um, it's a pink lily and he gives it to Nari. Well, aren't you just the sweetest little thing? Thank you. You see, she puts it behind her ear, oh, and it so matches very closely to the hue of her hair. Let's fucking go. Of course. I really can't thank you enough, both of you. Oh, darling, it's nothing. And he gives a little bow and returns to his friends. I'm back. Welcome back. Petra, do you still have that flower with the um with the little weapon in it? Like I'm asking out of character. Uh wait, sorry, can you say that again? There was last last uh session, uh a little girl gave you a flower with a weapon in it. Oh yeah, I do have that. Uh was I ever told what the weapon was? Oh no, I think I 
I was just misunderstood. I was saying that the girl put the flower in the hand that you were wielding a weapon in. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> that makes more sense because I was. That makes a lot more sense. Because I was so confused. Like, why is this little girl girl handing me a weapon, no <laughs> flower in it? It's like it's like that. I was I was picturing like um like a like a rapier, but with the the hand hilt being like a like a lotus or something. Which would be very cool looking. Yeah, it's like it's like that meme with the raccoon, where it's whole, it like hands the dude a gun and says like <laughs> go do a crime. <laughs> it's like oh, oh uh, okay. I mean, if you insist. Rac, you can tell the cops. The <laughs> raccoon told me to, and they have to let you That's go. That's true. That's true. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to derail. I just it made me think of. It made me think of it. No worries. And I still have the flower. Do you want to see it? It was extremely cute. <laughs> it was. Um, before they go, um, Rhea is very aware of the fact that they are going into a town and do not have money. Um, and so she's going to go back up into her room into that shelf of various stones and metals um, and pull down anything that looks like it might be valuable that um, they could barter with. If there's any gold, uh, if there's any sort of rough gemstones, anything like that. Yeah, there is for sure a giant block of gold. Um, oh, it's, hell yeah. It's not melted down. It's just straight up gold ore. It's just a big rock. Okay. Hey, if it works, it works. Mm. But she's bringing it with her because, you know, it's like we don't have cash. And I, I am so has money. Not enough for all y'all. Oh, that's true. <laughs> nah, yeah, Belfort's our sugar daddy. <laughs> uh, we yeah. head off then. Everyone's ready. I think so. Yeah. I think. Hannah would run up to the room really quick to see if there was anything that he was missing. Because everyone else got something really cool. He feels like maybe he missed something. Give me an investigation check. You do have inspiration, um, being that everyone has inspiration, being that you all ate the Galaberry uh, pie, and you should all have a Galaberry in your inventories as well. Uh, the description tells you what they do. Sweet. All right, so a straight investigation roll? Yes. 14.
So as you're searching through the bookshelves, looking for anything of import, um, you pull on a book and the entire bookshelf clicks and separates from the wall. And you can feel like a slight draft. Ooh. wonder what this is about. I'm going to pull on it. As you pull on it, you see a set of leaf and vine colored armor um, with a long sword stowed behind it. Um, it's it's um, hilt is also wrapped in leaves and flowers. Um, it is in a, a sheath. And you see a journal that has a lock on it. And you also see a folded up piece of parchment paper. Well, it's no unicorn, but still really cool. So he's gonna he's gonna look at the folded up parchment paper. Uh, as you unfold it, you see a very accurate sketch of Vela Nari and a little girl. And on the back of the paper, written very eloquently, it says, Daisy's Big Day. Interesting. Is it dated? It is not. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to put that in my coat pocket. I'm going to sling the sword. I'm going to head back down because adventure awaits. Are you going to keep the photo? I mean, I don't think he... I don't think he would know what to do with it in this moment because he knows that you guys are all ready to hang, like, head out. And he just, like, is excited to see, like, everything there. So he's just going to, like, scoop it all up and run back down. Do you leave the set of armor? Um, does it look complicated to put on? It's definitely built for a more feminine frame. No, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that down. I'll offer it to somebody. Definitely not going to be able to wear that. I don't think I'm curvy enough to wear it. Too big. I guess I'll just tell uh, Nari what I found. You guys see a blank look appear on Nari's face as she sees the armor and the sword. 
and she starts to stutter. She grows slightly pale, and she even takes a step back before Vela kind of catches her. I am so sorry. Where, where did you find that? In the room that you put me in, behind a bookshelf. You can see tears welling up in her eyes and Vela starts to kind of pull her out of the room. You guys wait there for a little bit. Eventually, Vela returns without Nari. You'll have to forgive Nari. Uh, these items, they belong to her and they have attached to them some very painful memories. Seeing all of this must have brought back those memories. I apologize if she may have come off as a bit abrasive. The apologies all mine. Do not know if she would be comfortable with you having these, but I do think them being outside of the tree would be best for Nari, at least temporarily. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. You didn't take anything else, did you? Uh, he probably looks at the, the sword that he has sheathed. Yes. <laughs> Did you happen upon a picture by chance? Looks at his coat pocket. Yes. Let's give them back the photo of their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls it out. Please. She extends a hand. Yep, I give it to her. If Nari had seen this, I truly don't know what would have happened. So I will take this. You take the other things and Keep them far away from Nari as best as you can. I don't care if you disguise them. I don't care if you sell them. They were hidden for a reason, but... Look, everyone else's room didn't have a trigger warning thing inside. I'm so sorry. I thought I was experiencing adventure. <laughs> I understand. I tell them about the mirror. Sorry. 
You see, that is just where I stowed these items in case the tree was attacked. And so, although they do carry with them some very harsh memories, I couldn't quite bring myself to get rid of them. But maybe you will find use for them. Thank you. Don't mean to interrupt, but you guys plan on moving anytime soon? No, we will remain here and wait for you all. Nari is definitely not in any mood to move. best if we go then give you guys some space uh, so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna head out oh wait for you guys out I there I think Hannah's pretty uh <laughs> sad that he accidentally upset Nari. Who is leading the march um, to the door? Would probably be me. As soon as you put a hand on the door, you hear, Hey! (laughs) I'll look back. And with streaks of tears running down her cheeks, you see Nari with her arms wide, expecting a goodbye hug. Uh, I don't know. How can we forget? Right, come on, bring it here. Walk over and give her a hug. Trying to be as gentle as possible. Like 18th strength. She sniffles a little bit. Um, after you guys part ways, she looks at the next person expecting the exact same thing. One thousand percent. Rhea's giving her like the biggest wing hug possible. Oh my goodness. Like, she could wrap somebody up in her wing hugs. Like, she got big wings. Balfour is not big on affection, but he gives her the best hug he can muster. It's like all shoulders and elbows. Oh, he's trying. He's doing his best. Uh, You see Ebony walk over and give her a nuzzle. Um, Koa is gives her a hug and he says we'll meet again may we meet again he nods y'all wait outside I'd like to talk to Hannah 
All right. <laughs> Gulp. Alright, let's go, gang. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, still nod and follow the others out. Yeah, outside, I'm gonna ask. Away. Is he, he alright? Is he good? Should we be worried? I don't know. He's alright. He'll be, be okay. <laughs> and so, Hanum, you see Mavela and Nari take a seat at the dining table, which is not far from the door uh, to the Luluberry tree. I promise I was on the way to take this stuff far away from your house. Take a seat. Okay. Hanum sits down. So, I wasn't always a stay at home cook and cleaner and whatnot. I, I used to run around with the stone guard of Fall Bell, ironically. That was back when I used to use a sword instead of magic for the most part, and that armor there. You know, every few hundred years, there's an event. They call it the Celestial Convergence where the material plane and the fey realm and the shadow fell all kind of blend together you know i don't know if you've heard of it but it's a very stressful time for any sort of protector and so i was out on patrol while vela and daisy at the Convergence Festival, trying to enjoy the day. And unfortunately, I wasn't there when Daisy ran off and left Vela. And and you see, she, she kind of like chokes up and can't quite finish her statement. And so Vela puts a hand on her hand. Um, and you notice that they, they both have matching rose gold um, rings that look like woven leaves. Um, but Vela turns to you and says, The last I saw of Daisy, she was crawling under a fallen tree through the small space underneath it. Then she disappeared. And when I went to follow her, assuming that it was a breach between the realms, it had already closed. And we were never able to identify where she went or when she went, considering how vastly different the time in this realm works compared to the others. And so, 
After that, Nari quit the Stone Guard and she locked herself away in the tree and we spent many years grieving before she finally regained her smile. And so I hope it wasn't too jarring um, to see her in this state. She's very, very attached to these items and the picture you found. I think Hannum's nodding in silent understanding. Could you do us a favor? Certainly. If you find anything about the Shadowfell or the Celestial Convergence, if, if somehow it comes up again or you find a way to travel elsewhere, would you look for Daisy? Oh, I can absolutely do that. You see that Nari, through tears, starts to smile a little bit. Thank you. I think Hannah will smile back. Of course. And uh, she stands up and she walks over to you. And she gives you a hug. I squeeze back and uh, give her the old double bat pack you know let her let her know it's time to to let go and she does um she goes to take a seat back down at the table next to vela and she says well i guess you better get going (laughs) i guess i should but if she's out there, I will do my best to find her. And uh, I'll go back out. Happy that I haven't been murdered. As the door closes behind you, give me a perception check. 16. What you don't hear through the door is Vela pulling out the drawing and unfolding it. And Nari saying, That's my little girl. Emotional damage. So good at making me cry. Oh my god, like, I know, right? <laughs> this is traumatizing. Oh my goodness. If anything no one happens, else's room. Too. <laughs> no one, yeah, no one else's, everyone else's room was just all fun and what. And then yours is just so heavy. Yeah. Part of me wishes I just didn't investigate for the fourth time. <laughs> but it's good. It's, it's,
As you guys see Hanum walk outside, you're in an unfamiliar forest at this point. Um, but there are birds flying overhead, there's pixies flying through the trees. It's a very calm forest. I'll, I'll turn to look at Hanum like, hey, you're not dead. Yeah, I uh, I'm sorry about that stuff in there, guys. I I didn't uh, know that I was gonna yeah, upset. No worries. And I I mean I don't know what happened in there, but I feel like you guys are off on a good point in that. That is that the thing? There you go. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, well. well where to first? I guess to this in the town, in right? The city at this point. From here, you guys definitely see some uh, signs that point you in various directions. Um, you do see a an indicator that Fall Bell is west. Hmm. Well, I'll... What? Yeah. What did the other one say? Yeah. What's the other one? You see. Uh, Tunishire is to the east, and to the north, there is Ona. I feel like we should probably head to the direction that we know, at least, because I don't know if that's like, like uh, just like a building in the in the way to some on the road, or like an actual different city that could be far away. Yeah, I probably, I agree. We should probably go to the, uh, go where we were intending to go first, get the lay of the land. Oh, so I'm going to hand you back your hammer, and I'll take back my mall. Oh, if you were struggling with. <laughs> I definitely don't hand it back. I just kind of tilt the handle in your direction. <laughs> Thank you. Just put it over my shoulder. Let's head off then. I will uh, take to the sky, see what I can see. Sort of lay of the land. He, give me a perception check uh, with advantage. Give me. It doesn't give me the button to push. Oh, it's because I'm in somebody else's. Because <laughs> I was looking at somebody else's character sheet. <laughs> That's or why. Or do the same. Very interesting. There we go. There's perception. Thank goodness it's two with advantage because that was a one. Get <laughs> it. Fifteen. That's better. Uh, from the skies, you see a lake, and you can see the the path ahead of you guys, or the path ahead of your allies below you. Um, it winds through the forest, and in the distance, several 
probably like a, a mile from here, honestly. Um, you can see the edges of civilization. So it's a bit of a trek. We got each other. Uh, just, just to clarify something. I almost entirely forgot which direction was the right one, so I was about to head east. West, okay. I think, is the... is the Right. It is West. <laughs> you definitely see Kester just... After talking to you again, you guys again, definitely look confused, but then get in the right track and start heading west. Yes, I love her so much. <laughs> I got distracted. Okay, <laughs> I love her so much. I love everybody so much. Your characters are so good. Thank you. I love yours too. Yeah. Right back at you, bird lady. <laughs> Eventually, as you guys make your way through, um, after some time, you do start to see the lake through the trees. It is a deep violet color, and it sparkles Ooh. under the sunlight. Uh, oh, I want the wine dark sea. Wants to go. <laughs> we have time. But yeah, it can't you guys hurt. start to see him like. Uh, look through he kind of stops and starts looking through the bushes in the trees to get a better view do you look at the surroundings of the lake or do you look at the water itself um he's looking at the water it's very it's very uh what's the word it gets his attention um and what was your question um Rhea? Oh, I, I, when I was in the air, did I see anything that would imply that it's, like, dangerous to veer off and go that way? Dangerous? No. It seemed to be a normal body of water, although the color might suggest that it's magical um, in nature. But mm -hmm. then again, everything's miscolored here. So Everything around here is pretty magical. Yeah. Uh, Balfour is gonna dip his hands into the water and kind of splash some on his face. the water oh it's refreshing it's almost the color of my hair yeah I've never seen that before they don't have lakes they have lakes just purple ones 
Maybe this is just what the water's like out here. Sometimes What's the difference colors. between a lake and a pond? Hey. So, mm-hmm. Balfour, you fall asleep. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's the this opposite of refreshing. Awesome. This is no time yeah, to be sleeping just, on like, the job, man. <laughs> we got things to do. I like... Definitely, it's like... <laughs> definitely, like, think, uh... Astro, you have to carry me. I was like, he's just joking around. I'm like, hey, come on, get out. Wait, buddy. Oh, no. I'll just really grab you and lift you out of the water. Balfour snores really uh, obnoxiously. (laughs) Guys, do not go into the water. (laughs) Um, seeing this load him onto Castro's uh, back. Do... Would I have, like... Would it be safe to say that I have, like, a vial of some sort? You definitely would probably have a vial of some sort. Okay. Uh, Koa would like to put some water in the vial. Hey. Um, you do it carefully, I would imagine, <laughs> so as to not um, fall asleep, but I yeah. will need a sleight of hand check. Okay. Oh god. Can I just start like can I just like hold uh how do you say your name? Uh Ball four? four. Can I just hold Balfour, Balfour yeah. by the collar and just start like lightly smacking him to try to get him to wake up? Do I wake up? <laughs> so I rolled a five. How Oh dear. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> How much health do you have? Oh no, um, nine. <laughs> okay, yeah, you fall asleep as well. Um, I need you to make an attack roll if you're trying to wake up Balfour by damaging. Oh, oh, no. oh no! Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! <laughs> oh, actually, no, no, no. Um, so if you use your action to shake or slap them, actually that counts as well. Yeah. Um, so you would see Balfour wake up. Um, Balfour, you were at the very like beginnings of a vision and then you were shaken awake oh wow <laughs> I, I kind of look around and I'm like what's up guys because you're like holding me above off the ground right I'm like this you guys look high over up. and see Koa passed out over top of Ebony <laughs> I think uh <laughs> I think Hannah sees the opportunity to play a prank and he goes, You've been asleep for four years! What's the last thing you remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember looking at the lake and, and, and the pretty elf lady crying. And uh, 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 there was a bird, a big bird, like that one. And I pointed at Freya. In that order? You remember things in that order? <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean you've been awake uh, sleep for four years? We've only been here for a couple minutes. Did I say years? I meant seconds. Ah, oh, that makes more sense. Can you put me down, please? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I'll just slowly put you down. Who fell sleeping? Or so? Meanwhile. I'm sorry, this fucking. This fucking laughing is just what I needed. Like. 
It's exactly what Rhea needed. Boa, you, however, are still asleep, and you enter a vision. I am listening. Or seeing. How is seeing? Are we going to wake Koa up, too? She's sleeping. Definitely would be doing that if I, if I see her sleeping. He, I'm sorry. You're He's sorry. At first, it's just shadow. You're just standing in shadow. But eventually, the shadow parts, and you can fully see the vision, as if you're standing in front of a screen um, to watch the events unfold. You see a figure wearing a cloak of sorts with a wooden trumpet, and you see them below the trumpet in an eerie tone, and a magical shockwave leaves the trumpet, and suddenly the clouds above darken and thicken And the area surrounding this individual is absolutely obliterated with lightning. Jesus. I'm so glad I took notes. (laughs) And then the vision ends and you wake up naturally. (laughs) You definitely see like Kestra about to slap you. Wait. You uh, you hear him whisper something under his breath. You hear him whisper. I swear I've seen this before. He seems very puzzled. Alright, are awake. You're good. I must have not have been as careful as I would have liked. Uh, but I think this place might be relevant to what we're looking for. And give me a history check with disadvantage to see if you recall any finer details of the vision. Okay. I know, it's like a dream. Nine. With a nine, the best you can remember is that the landscape you saw in this vision is nothing like the surrounding areas. So you were definitely shown something far away. Mm. I don't get it. Uh, everyone, for now, stand away from the water. Kestra, as you gesture towards the water, in the reflection, you see your mentor. Uh, 
Uh, does he do anything? Do you lean closer to study it? Uh, I yeah, Castro definitely would. Then you see the vision slightly shift, and now you see your master in a boat. Which, in reality, it's not a boat. It's a massive ship. He's at the helm, steering. And you see he has a vessel full of fey. And they are just sailing through the void. Uh, Everywhere around in the vision, you see the same familiar galaxy um, that resides within the gym that Rhea has. Uh, when I see Alda Faye, do they look like people from our isle? Yes. Uh, and is that all I see? Yes. Like, you guys will see Kestra, like, full on back away. And just... like yell what is it <laughs> like yelling and just I knew it I knew it I knew it I knew it you guys saw that it's definitely very like giddy um I would like to look into the water as well When you look in the water, you see a harp made of some sort of opalescent stone. Its strings are made of pure light. And as you see that, the vision is interrupted by the face of Neveth. And he says very plainly, That can destroy both of us in an instant. Koa jumps very visibly, seeing that face. And then his face is instantly gone. I think seeing Koa jumps prompts her, uh, seeing her jump or him jump prompts me to finally look into the water. When Anam looks into the water, he doesn't see an artifact. He doesn't see a mentor or some sort of demon. He sees a village. The small village with seemingly beaten down walls, presumably from the elements. has several rather scruffy-looking individuals walking around in it. Um, They look to be not necessarily impoverished, but definitely not well-off. 
This is a rather modest settlement. The vision swoops through this little town, and in passing, you see that the sky is completely black, like an abyss. But um, you move to a large stone building within this village. The vision passes through the wall, and you see what appears to be the village's leader seated in front of you um, at a wooden desk that appears to be decaying. It's a bearded man with salt and pepper hair. The beard is down to his chest at this point. He's writing letters. And you see there's a whole stack of letters to his left. And there's... There is ink spilled on his right as if he's gone through several bottles and the semi-empty ones have been knocked over. I think I forget my face is like interesting. Do you attempt water. to move closer? I probably try to move Or do closer. you back away? As you do so, as if hearing you take a step, the man looks up. And for just a moment, you see recognition in his eyes as your father looks at you. And then the vision ends. I think Hannah probably feels like vomiting. He's probably just going to sit there for a second and then fall over on his back and just look up at this guy. You guys see Ebony just going to town in the in the water, just chugging like absolutely ridiculous like amounts of this magical water. No effect. Like, grab the closest person to her, like on the shoulders. I don't know who would that be. I think it's either Koa or Hanna. I don't know. It, whoever, I grab them by the shoulders and just start saying, like, Sala, I saw my, my mentor escape. He was on a boat with, like, everyone on it. At least most people. They are in the void, in the starry night thingy galaxy thing. Rhea just lets out the biggest... You know, like... Her feathers fluff up and then, like, settle in just relief. Like, oh, thank God. Catcher at this point is just jumping up and down in happiness. 
but they're alive. That's good. I told you. Always hold hope. I'm gonna, uh... Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna, um, hold up my, uh, my reliquary and kind of touch it. I don't necessarily think they're in there, but I know that it's a world of dreams, and so... Like, I don't know, it's just like an appreciation gesture. As you touch the reliquary, it shines a light like a lantern Ooh. onto the surface of the lake, and the entire well, lake case, begins to closer. glow bright purple. And now this is a vision. This is a vision that all of you now have a window into. Oh. As you guys watch, you see a bird's eye view of a kingdom and the vision swoops in and out of the streets. And you see people walking the streets with bags under their eyes, visibly exhausted. And you see many people trying to sleep in beds around this kingdom, but they're unable to. And as you move through the vision, uh, you see that those who look progressively more and more sleep deprived, they appear to be losing their mental fortitude. You even see elves who are very clearly unable to trance. And it's not clear how long they've been sleepless, but there's something afflicting these people. Perhaps some sort of sleepless curse. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of put my hand to my chest and make a note of it, you know, like, okay, this is a problem that I am going to solve. Who are these people? We don't recognize any of the people, do we? No. What does the architecture look like of the town they're in? Uh, this is a, a massive kingdom with magic built into the walls themselves. Um, there are floating structures that are just held up by sheer anti-gravity magic. Um, they have a very advanced stone uh, civilization. It appears as if they are a very gifted society of mages. Is it possible that? But they're the unable to stave off whatever this illness is. Okay. Doesn't look like anything nearby a forest. Looks far removed. I will say though, as you guys look through the vision, you did manage to catch a, a banner. Um, which would be this kingdom's flag, of course. Um, you see a sun, and in the middle of the sun is a rose. Definitely gonna make a mental note of that. 
Um, Hannah wants to find this place as soon as possible. to see from here? I think so. I, I am very confused. Me too. Shall we continue then? I vote yes. Battle forces. Yeah, let's get away from yeah. this friggin' light. Okay, I think that's how we I spit into it. Hey, now. Is that like a custom thing here? <laughs> no, I just... Oh. I don't oh, want no oh, visions. No, I see, I see. Oh. Uh, we're good here. Then let's head off. Um, <clears throat> I beckon Ebony out of the lake. Literally felt different. <laughs> Literally. Ebony follows. So you guys continue making your way down the path towards uh, Fall Bell. Eventually, you get into thicker parts of the forest. Um, everyone give me perception checks. Nine. Four. We do not see. Oh. Oh, thank God. <laughs> God. Thirty-twenty. What was the last one? Okay. So you would hear a scuffle out in the distance, deeper into the woods, toward where you guys are going, but I'm gonna look at the other slightly off gonna, the path. I'm gonna like I'm gonna gesture towards the uh, direction. I'll be like, it seems like there's a fight over there. You want to take a look? And I'm gonna take off and see it from the sky. Uh, give me a dexterity. Uh, we'll call this uh, acrobatics as you try and you dodge through the thick canopy of trees. Thank God, the seven and the one on this little digital die looks very similar. Um, okay. With the seven, it is quite difficult to get through the tree line onto a branch and 
perception with advantage. Okay, uh, give me a perception check with advantage. Nice. Twenty-one. Uh, with the twenty-one, you see some wood elves in the distance, and they're wearing armor very, very similar to the armor that you saw that belonged to Nari. Now, they appear to be in a clearing out in the distance. However, they're not alone. You see the legs of something massive stomping in between these elves as they are scrambling around with their weapons drawn, okay, yeah, trying to keep whatever it is at bay. The others, because it seems like something. It seems like they need well, help. This is our time to prove ourselves. Everyone's ready. Absolutely. I think this is a good time to bring up what uh what I was told in the in the cabin before you guys left. Um it was about Daisy and uh like points of the dimension that are like weaker than the others and they overlap. Anyway, uh we might be able to bring her back if we find her. Right. If that's all. Yep. Let's get to it. And I'm going to start charging towards that direction. Um, Koa might be a mage, but isn't very willing to fight, so he's going to hesitantly follow them. Hanum's full speed. Okay. And what of real? I'm so, so, so sorry. All right. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't want to interrupt because the narr narration was so good that I was going to die if I didn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I can still hear. I had I have earbuds on so I can hear what's going on. Um, from what Rhea saw, it looked, um, it looked urgent enough to where... She's not going to wait for the others. She's like, I got healing powers. If this is as bad as it looks, then I'm going to I'm gonna go over and I'm going to use them if I can. 
save. Okay, uh, give me a dexterity saving throw. Nice. 19. Good one, good. What's this right now? All right. And I need a uh, strength 13. saving throw from Kestra. Okay. Uh, so ahead of you, Kestra, you see as. Rhea dodges narrowly a log that is thrown through the air, not even at her specifically, but almost hits her. And that log continues onward, and you manage to bat it away as it just slightly bops you. Um, The rest of you see the two of your allies ahead of you have been effectively attacked by something. How do you react Um, to that? I think... I think Ho is going to tread very carefully going forward upon seeing this. As you all move closer to this scuffle, um, you get a better look at the elves and what they're fighting. Seeing that the log was thrown through the air um, and that it was batted away and dodged, one of the elves does turn back. Uh, This is a wood elf with raven black hair um, and she is wielding a bow. And she looks back and she sees Kestra and she sees Rhea. And she says, Oh, finally, we could use some help. Um, you mind lending a hand? And she points with her thumb um, over her shoulder. And you see a gigantic myconid giant that is rampaging through the forest and attacking the other elves. Uh, the rest of you close the distance and... The Myconid sees that you're all um, in its territory. It screams and lets out like an extremely loud um, guttural sound. And then it runs full speed at the group, blowing through the elves that are trying to corner it. And I need all of you to roll initiative. Mm 